0: Hey, can you hear me? It's Greg, can you hear me? Hmm. I can't hear you. Still not hearing anything.
1: Okay, Greg, can you hear me? I can. Okay, Uh, great. So hang on. I'm going to start the show again, and then I'll bring you right on, okay? Just hang in there. We'll have this edited out. No problems. Okay? And anybody else? We have a caller on there. Just hang in there. We're just having some technical issue. So you couldn't hear me before, Greg? Is that it? At the beginning of the show, did you hear the theme music? No, I couldn't
0: hear anything for the last uh, five minutes. I've connected and disconnected a couple times. The caller was me uh, trying to see if... The internet was the problem. So, okay,
1: um, no, you're there. So let me start the show now. So it is 7:05, and I'm going to begin the show now. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host Robert Manny, uh, welcoming you to the show. It is uh, Wednesday, November 29th, 2017. We've got a great show for these e- for you this evening. Let me ask you a question. Do you like online dating? Everybody who's single out there or not in a committed relationship is probably doing something online in terms of dating, whether it's Match, Plenty of Fish, Tinder, Grindr, whatever you're doing, everybody's online dating, it seems like. And uh, the landscape keeps changing and changing and changing. I myself met my wife through online dating at Match.com. She winked at me. Well, we'll get into that later. But our special guest this evening is Greg Schwartz, who's going to teach us how to make online dating fun. So we're going to bring him out in a few moments. Let's uh, quickly just go through uh, what's going on out there today. Well, this is Guys Guys Radio. This is our 252nd uh, podcast. Really looking forward to it this evening. Um, Crazy day. Uh, Once again, we've had, uh, you know, on the male front, um, some bad behavior out there. Uh, The whole Guys Guys brand is based on when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. It all started with my novel, A Guys Guys Guy to Love which is available online, Amazon and all the other e-tailers and uh, still in some bookstores. And we've done, as I mentioned, guys, guys, radio. Uh, we, you can hear the every guys, guys, radio podcast on block, talk, radio, iTunes, Stitcher, tune in radio. If you want to help us out, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. You'll get all 252 podcasts for free. You can catch me on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, instagram and my blog is on robert manni com. so when men and women can be at their best everyone wins better men better world that's why the whole that's what the whole guys guys brand is about a lot of people ask me is it about being a man's man no it's not being a man's man it's being a guy's guy which is kind of an updated version of a man's man but a little more casual casual confidence unassuming strength seductive integrity Emotional intelligence and timeless style. This is what guys' guys are all about. And I think it's very uh, relevant to what's going on today. Because once again, when we get into uh, kind of what's going on out there, current events, today Matt Lauer, another big media star, got taken down for abuse of power. And the sexual aspect of it, being a sexual predator that he's being accused of, seems to be a symptom of uh, power. And what they really say is like, you know, something like rape is really all about power. It's not really about sex. And it seems to be rampant in our culture that people in positions of power are abusing power. Now, it could be men. It could be women. It could be straight. It could be uh, gay. It doesn't matter. The abuse of power, and I think it's happening more and more because you have a uh, loss of the middle class. There's so many people who are clawing their way to be rich. There's that 1% who really have control over almost everything. And there's a lot of people struggling uh, towards the bottom. And uh, what's happening is these people who do have the power are taking advantage of it and in, in whatever way they deem fit. And for a lot of men that becomes uh, sexual. And I think it's just the tip of the iceberg, even with all these folks from Bill O'Reilly, Louis CK, Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, the list goes on and on. And now today, Matt Lauer and Carson Keller uh, of the, uh, Prairie Home Companion, he got outed for uh, uh, sexual, mis- sexual misconduct, uh, Al Franken. I mean, it's just a list. It goes on and on, and I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. And it's all more reason, as men, I think we need to uh, be uh, recognize the great strides that women uh, have made and are making all the time and also uh, check ourselves and not be abusers and be respectful and celebrate uh, all the great things that women are doing. I always like to say that this is a time where, you know, women are on a straight trajectory and men and women are all finally recognizing all the great things they're doing. Men are in a different place. With men, it's all about um, not knowing who they are right now. Uh, I like to say that this is a time where it's never been – a time where there's never been more opportunities for men to be whoever they want to be, yet it's never been less clear who men really are. You've got the Millennium Guys who are getting at the brunt of this right now. They're caught somewhere between MMA and manscaping. You've got the GX and the Boomer Guys. A lot of the Boomer Guys define themselves still by their job and their bank account and they want to do something different they want to they want to evolve and they're they they don't have either the time or the inclination or the will to really make themselves uh, better men and to rise up so guys we've got a real challenge on our hand and uh it's tough so let's quickly just make a quick loop around the world what else is going on there um we've got this tax proposal Uh, which if you really look into it, will give a lot of tax breaks to the uh, corporations. And um, the theory being that the stronger the corporations are, the more uh, wealth is going to get spread around, the more jobs are going to be created. But unfortunately that hasn't happened in the past. So I don't see any reason why that's going to happen again in the future. Yes, the corporate tax rate is high at 35%. The proposal is to bring it down to 20%, um, which sounds good. Um, and it's baked into our, uh, the strength of our stock market right now, but I am not sure that that money, once these corporations keep making more and more and more money and they're so powerful and they're making so much money right now, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't have any reason to believe that they're going to create more jobs because the last big tax cut in the Bush years, they, they did nothing toward the, uh, you know, creating jobs. So we'll see if that passes. Uh, and that becomes again another step towards more power for the few. Um, what else is happening out there? Well, this is a uh we're getting into that time of year where fantasy football is the last week for a lot of people who are playing, uh, to get to their playoffs. And so a lot of things are on the line. And a part of the whole thing going on with football is you've got a guy like Eli Manning, who just, uh, here in New York, just got, uh, kind of, uh, they ended his career basically telling him he's not going to start anymore. Geno Smith's going to start this week, at least for the New York Giants. And, um, I don't know how much it affects fantasy that much because I don't think Eli's been in the starter for that long uh, for for the last couple of weeks because the Giants have been struggling all year. But it's uh, you know on the fantasy side, this is the time of year where you got to make your right moves. And in the reality side, this is a time where a guy like Eli Manning, who won two Super Bowl championships for the Giants, and is part of that whole Manning lineage, where his brother won uh, Super Bowl for the indianapolis colts and then went over to denver and won another one we'll see what happens with eli and because of i think the bad treatment because they basically just pushed him to the side uh in favor of geno smith who if you're a jets fan you know that geno really struggled with the jets and um he seems to be quite the turnover machine but we'll see what happens he's got some talent and um He's got a good arm. So we'll see if he can do something. The Giants play the Raiders this week. I wish everybody in fantasy land to uh, get in their right lineups and see if they get in there, uh, get a win this week. I have to, I'm like, if I win, I'm in uh, in my league. And uh, so our guy's guy of the week this week is going to be Eli Manning because uh, whether he's been up or down, and even now when he's really down, he's taken it like a champ and he hasn't complained. He's basically just going along with the program. I hope for his sake, um Eli Manning who is our guys guys guy of the week. I hope they send him to Jacksonville who who needs a quarterback and or sends them to Den they send him to Denver uh following the brothers' footsteps to get onto a good team and maybe they can build something there next year and make a playoff run. But um I hate to see the guy who spent thirteen years at the helm of the Giants just kick get kicked to the curb like that. And I'm not a Giants fan, but uh Uh, He's a nice guy. Eli. I actually met him. I was going to uh, cutting through Madison Square Garden, the lobby one day, and he was waiting for uh, to go in to see the stones. And I asked him if he had any extra tickets and he laughed. He laughed. And I said, hey, I'm a Cowboys fan. He just gave me the eye roll. And uh, but he was very he was very cool. He's a nice guy. So anyhow, we wish the best for Eli. So that's our guys, guys, guy of the week. We're going to take a uh, quick, very quick break. And then we're going to bring on our special guest, Greg Schwartz, right after that. Okay, we're back. Uh, Guys, Guys Radio, uh, November 29th, 2017. And our special guest is Greg Schwartz. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about Greg. He's going to talk about uh, online dating. His company is Make Online Dating Fun. He's the founder of it. And it's a coaching program for professional men looking to find someone they're excited about he's been on more than 400 dates while he searches for his future wife is a great picture of him uh on his uh one sheet in his superman t-shirt i love it and he teaches others how to optimize their messages photos and overall profile to get more dates and then know what to do with the dates when you get them uh his mission is to help men realize that they don't need to go months without a date they don't need to spend more time sending messages and that they can get confidence and clarity about how they approach women online. He's also an international speaker and has been featured on in BuzzFeed as an online dating expert. So that's fantastic. And I met Greg through uh, uh, the Love Coaching Professionals group that we're part of on Facebook, and I always welcome a lot of the members there because they're all very good. I welcome them to the show. So if you want to give us a call, very quickly, our call-in number is 347-945-5834, 347-945-5834, So let's uh, bring in our special guest right now, Greg Schwartz. Good evening, Greg. How are you? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for being on the show. And um, I guess this is, uh, you know, the time of the year when uh, everybody's uh, scrambling to uh, set themselves up for the holidays with, uh, I guess they call it cuffing season or whatever. But let's talk a little bit about what your inspiration was to become uh, involved in the kind of online dating game, if you will. Sure.
0: So I actually have been using online dating for a very, very long time. I started using OkCupid, I think in 2005, maybe even a little earlier than that. So I've definitely had a lot of great relationships come from it and obviously quite a few dates as well. And uh, many years ago, a friend of mine was talking to me about his dating and he was pretty frustrated. So he was saying, you know, I try going to clubs and I go to bars and I do this and I do that. And I just can't meet anybody. And he went on for a while and I said, yeah, it sounds really rough. Hey, I noticed you didn't say anything about online dating. How's that been going? And he looked at me and he got angry and I'm going, okay, what, what why is he getting angry? What's going on? <laughs> and uh, he looks at me and he goes, Greg, online dating doesn't work for me. Online dating doesn't work for any of our friends. In fact, online dating doesn't work for anybody but you. So stop freaking suggesting I do online (sighs) dating. And I'm like, Whoa, okay. Subject change. Like, like let's go get some food. Just, you know, I have no idea what's going on, but I thought it was so interesting that he was so pissed off at online dating. And I could tell, you know, we actually had friends that had met online. And so he wasn't really being honest, but he was so angry about it. And it was kind of interesting to see that reaction. So I went out and I did a bunch of research because I'm thinking, you know, hey, online dating works decently well. And, you know, doesn't it work about that well for everyone? And as I talked to more and more people, it became clear that, no, actually, it really the way my friend mm-hmm. felt about online dating was how a lot of men and a lot of women actually felt about online dating. You know, it doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And frankly, screw it. I'm just going to go do something else. Do you and think that's... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that for me, you know, I've always had experiences where like online dating doesn't always work, but it was never something that I was just like, I'm done, and you know, throw my hands in the air and walk out. And so I've kind of figured, okay, what's what's the difference here? And so I went and did more research, partly mm-hmm. around the way I look at online dating, but also the things that I do. And one of the things that I found was that. I really approach online dating differently. And I also did it very differently than most of the guys and most of the women that I talked to. And so I actually made a course, an email course. And while building that, I basically ran some people through it as sort of a test and to see, you know, how did they do and how did it change? And eventually realized that the course was fun. But what I actually really loved was the coaching itself. And so I created the coaching program that I have now, which is a few different ones, but the main one relevant to your guys is a 90-day program called Get More Dates, and it's literally mm-hmm. how to get more dates than you can handle in 90 days.
1: I love it. Um, let me ask you this: What do you think? What was the what was the reason? Well, the double-edged question here: What was the reason why the folks that you were talking to at the time? Uh, were so frustrated with online dating and was that um, do you think part of that was due to when that was versus now?
0: Well, so I've been doing my coaching for about two, maybe two and a half years now. So I don't think in the time since then that online dating has changed too much. There's definitely been, you know, new apps coming along and things like that, but pretty consistently for about the past six or seven years, People have said that, you know, online dating just doesn't seem to work for them. Usually for men, it's because, you know, they send a ton of messages and they get almost no responses at all. And the few responses they do get, they can't really get those women offline on a date. They're not really sure what to do. And when they try, it doesn't work. And then the other thing is that they just spend massive amounts of time doing all of this. And mm-hmm. so they just get frustrated, and they say, "You know what? I'm just going to go try and go to a bar and you know meet right. someone there, Hi. or go to a my club."
1: can or... I buy you a drink? Yeah. Exactly. So uh, let's start at the beginning then. Um, I dated online for a long time, and as I mentioned earlier uh, in the intro, that I my wife she actually winked at me on Match. She was on a three day free trial. She winked at me. She suggested uh, we just went back and forth. Uh, I I wanted a phone call. I sent a quick message. She sent me a quick message and I said, you know, when I have a phone call, I sent her my number and she said, well, we don't need a phone call. Let's just meet. And I'm like, my rule had been because I got it down to a little bit of a technique where quick, you know, when you hear somebody's voice, there's an exchange of energy there that's different than this, a couple of messages. And then if you like that, then you meet in person for a drink or a coffee or whatever. And you'd kind of just take it slow, slow and fast at the same time. And um, she said, no, let's just meet. And I could tell she was new to the service. And uh, so I decided, you know what? One thing about rules is they're made to be broken. So I said, okay, let's meet. We met and we've been together ever since. So, um, but my point is that I had developed a technique, which was basically, you know, after getting the, you know, the profile done and the photos done and all of that, when you address a woman, don't just wink at them, send them a nice quick note with a question, hear back from them send them one more thing and maybe send your number and uh, see if you can get them on the phone, quick phone call, see if you can meet. I I don't think a lot of people do that. I think, as you were saying, Greg, a lot of guys in particular, they get bogged down in these lengthy messages and even the ladies too. And there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of writing. And um, it kind of squeezes the air and the fun out of, uh, out of the process. And by the time they're getting to the point where they're going to meet in person, it's, it's like, it's, it's tedious almost. So t- talk to us a little bit about, before we get into the, uh, you know, uh, how to build your profile and all of that, just the actuality of the process. Where do people go wrong and how? what's your step-by-step plan to go from online to offline quickly?
0: Sure. sure. So there's definitely a lot of places that people go wrong, but the biggest thing I would say is, not doing a good job of thinking about how the other person's going to perceive you, you know? So you pick Mm -hmm. photos that appeal to you, but are not going to appeal to a stranger. And you send messages that feel good for you to send like, Hey, you're cute and are not going to feel good for the person to receive. And so a lot of the coaching that I give is around rules and systems to be able to help you do things that will feel good for the person receiving them. And then also a lot of work upfront to help you figure out the parts of yourself that are really going to be not only fun for you, but also fun for them to hear about. So the facets of you that are going to attract someone as opposed to turn them off. Like Mm -hmm. one of the things I heard from women really commonly was that they'd see so many photos of guys with holding a fish or holding a gun or holding a beer. And so they were just like, honestly, if a guy has a fish photo, a beer photo, or a gun photo, I just swipe left. Doesn't matter what mm-hmm. he looks like, it doesn't matter what he's wearing, it doesn't it just immediate no. And, you know, that's a thing to really keep in mind. So if you're let's say you're you're into fishing or you're into hunting, that's fine. But it's not something that you want to be showing when you know that women are gonna respond that way. And, you know, there's lots of things like that, video games, chess, all kinds of things. And women have them, too. There are quite a few men that I've talked to in the Bay Area, in particular where I am, who have said, you know, if, an, if a woman has yet another photo of her in a bridesmaid's you know, group, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to scream. And so you really want to think about, you know, everybody has facets that are going to attract someone and are also facets that are going to repel someone. And you want your profile to have lots of facets that are going to attract the people you want and very few facets, really none, that are going to repel the people you want.
1: Okay. So let's start at the beginning. So uh, I guess, you know, besides the fact that a lot of people get into online dating and they don't know what they want, uh, let's say they have taken the time to examine themselves and say, I know who I am and I know what I want. How do they get started in building a profile and then selecting the right photos? Yeah. So
0: first off, you know, in that analysis of yourself, you're really going to want to think about what is the woman I'm looking for or the man that I'm looking for, what are they going to find attractive about me? And often you can do that by looking back at your past relationships or even your friends and family and saying, okay, what do those kind of people really value about me? Oh, my past girlfriends have really valued that I'm communicating my feelings. Okay, so how do I put that in my profile? And then the second thing you want to do is really figure out what aspects you can show as photos. And so then you go through and you basically mm-hmm. use the four rules of photos that I have, and you okay. pick out photos that do a good job of showing you off and showing off those interests. And, and I guess I should probably explain those four rules, huh?
1: yeah i mean uh, i don't want you you don't have to give away all your secrets but it would be helpful for the listeners and it sounds like what you're saying is overall is you want to integrate your profile so every piece is working in tandem with the other pieces so the aggregate becomes very powerful message about your brand if you will
0: exactly so the four rules the first rule is that actually i should explain this a little better so one of the things that i see people do is they put up photos and they don't really think about why they're putting them up. They're just like, I don't know, I look kind of good. Or that shows like me at it doing an interesting thing. And that's kind of where they stop. And the problem with that is that people then prioritize the wrong things if they even think about it at all. So that's where these four rules came from. So the four rules are first that every photo should get you to the next thing. So it should be, for example, you know, not a photo where somebody looks at it and goes, Eh, yawns and swipes left or says, you know, no, or hits mm-hmm. the red X. The second thing is each photo, if possible, should create chemistry. And you know, chemistry is one of those things that can be a little hard to define, so I have some ideas of how to sort of say that does and that doesn't. But really, chemistry is when you look at someone and you go, ah, there's something about them. That's yeah. chemistry. Mm-hmm. The third thing is physical attraction. And physical attraction is third because everybody knows someone, some guy that is just off the wall dating, but isn't actually that attractive. He just has a lot of chemistry. So Mm -hmm. if you have a photo that creates chemistry, it's always better than a photo that creates physical attraction. And with physical attraction, this is not shirtless photos. This is not ab selfies. These are photos that show you looking good in a way that is going to be palatable, that is going to be attractive to the people you're looking for.
1: So Okay, let me hold you on the third one for a second. So if there's a likability and a charisma aspect to the photo, give me an example of something that would work in context.
0: Sure. So one of the ways that I've definitely found you can generally create more likelihood of charisma is if you have a photo that follows the good rules of photography. So it's well lit. Your face is well lit in particular, and your eyes are visible. You're not wearing sunglasses. You're not mm-hmm. sitting there with, you know, your eyes in shadow. You've got a nice smile, which means, and really I should say a real smile. So you've got those Duchenne lines, those little crinkly lines at the edges of your eyes. That yeah. tells you that someone's actually smiling for real rather than just doing that right. fake, I'm smiling now.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was number four then? Before I so number four you? is the
0: one that, that's all right. Number four is the one that almost everybody spends most of their energy on, and that's attractive interests. And notice that it's the fourth one. It's the least powerful one. So, you know, you put up a photo of you, let's say, you know, generally it's attractive for men to cook because it's so rare that men cook. So you put up a photo of you cooking something in the kitchen, and that's nice. But if you have another photo or you look at someone else's profile where there's just something magnetic about that photo – that one will win every time because right. chemistry is more important. So the how, other thing about that photos? is, again, it's attractive interests. So it's hmm. not fishing. It's not you know, shooting guns. It's not drinking. All of those things are not attractive. And there's quite a few. There's a much longer list of unattractive interests. You really want to think about not only in general, but specifically for the kind of woman in your audience, the kind of woman you're looking for, what is she going to find attractive?
1: How about, uh, how many photos, what do you recommend? And if you had to pick, let's say you had to pick three photos, what would be, you know, would it be like a headshot doing something active and then with some friends or how would you, if you could, you know, based on your number of photos, how would you categorize each of those photos? And I, it sounds like, you know, the most important aspect of the photos, you want to have that charisma, that energy coming across that's going to be attractive to and likable to your audience. But how would you uh, talk to us a little bit about some ideas that you would incorporate to pick the right photos?
0: So you definitely always want to put up as many good photos as you can. You never have any reason to not put up as many photos as possible, other than you don't have enough good photos because every photo is an opportunity for you to win over the person viewing your profile. So the other thing about that is, you know, generally, yes, you want at least one close face shot. You want at least one full body shot, but it's much more important to be following the good rules of photography and the four purposes Mm -hmm. of photos. And remember the fourth, uh, excuse me, the most important of the four purposes is to keep them going, to get them to the next thing. So The first photo has to get them to stop and look at your profile. The second photo needs to get them to look at the third photo and the fourth and the fifth. And the last photo needs to get them to actually look at the text of your profile. And depending on the system, maybe the message that you've sent them. So that's actually by far the most important. And then after that, chemistry and then physical attraction and then attractive interests. And every photo you have should do at least one of those purposes. If it doesn't do one of those four, that means it's not a good photo.
1: Okay. Um, you mentioned that uh, it seems like there's an unlimited aspect to the photos, but I'm sure that um, at a certain point, like if, if I see uh, – uh, when I would see a profile and the woman would have, you know, 30 photos or something, I'm like, I don't, it's almost seemed like too many. And there's for a no guy systems to have... that
0: allow that. Every system okay. has a maximum of uh, 10 is the most that I've seen of any, and that's okay cupid. Okay. Most of them okay. max out at eight or six.
1: Got it. Okay, great. All right, good. Um, you talk about um, messages. So let's say you've got your profile. Well, well let, let's, let's talk about the profile a little bit. So you got your photos picked out. Um, what are the key points you want to um, put into your profile to make it uh, attractive and engaging?
0: So there's two big things that you want to have in your profile. The first is you want to include some very short stories that show off some attractive aspects of you. So again, we're going back to what is the person I want going to find attractive. And the reason you do it as a story is we've all seen those profiles that are just a long list of qualities. You know, right. I'm a funny, smart, talented person who really enjoys going out running. And you're just like, I'm already asleep by the third one. All right. On the other hand, if you read it as a story, it's much more interesting. And it's also much more believable. You know, if I tell you I'm a trustworthy guy, you're going to be like, uh, maybe. All but right. if I tell you a story about how I'm trustworthy, let's say, um, I don't know, I, I, uh, I wash so the she, mayor's car every week.
1: Right. So it's show, don't kind tell. Of, it's the storytelling exactly, rule, right? Tell. Yeah. Got
0: it. It's not only okay. much more believable, but it's also much more interesting and, frankly, attractive.
1: So that's Um, one, is
0: you want to show that kind of thing instead of telling it. The second thing is you want to put in what you're looking for. And you want to describe the person that you're looking for in a way that they're going to see themselves in it. Think about it. If you're applying to a job and they say, you know, looking for someone to answer the phone, you're going to be like, all right, that's not that interesting. But if they say looking for someone who is excited and then about – and then they mention something you're excited about, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. It feels really good to see yourself in that listing. Same thing for a profile. When you're reading someone else's profile, if you can see yourself in what they say they want, it's very attractive.
1: You mention fun quite often, uh, and it's part of your brand, and I really like that. And I think – it's an aspect of dating and particularly online dating where there's a lot of hand wringing and a lot of tension and frustration. Um, Tell us a little bit about the importance of fun and how you can um, kind of use fun to kind of uh, lubricate your, uh, your engine, if you will, in terms of online dating. Sure.
0: So we've all been on dates where the person, whether it's a man or a woman, the person on the other side of the table just really doesn't trust you you know it just feels like their arms are crossed and they're looking at you going prove you're good enough
1: for it Mm -hmm.
0: and that's not only not fun it makes it almost impossible to actually connect with them and it actually makes it really hard for you to even be very open so one of the reasons i focus on fun is because frankly some of my clients are stuck in that and many of them are going on dates with people that are stuck in that. And so the more you can have fun, and I don't mean that as have sex. I mean that as literally just have fun. Be having a good time. The more you can do that, the more connection you can have. Because really, dating comes down to connection. Yep. You, know, you, you might be dating to find a partner. You might be dating to find someone to hang out with for the rest of the night. It honestly doesn't matter that much. Either way, what you're looking for is connection. And the more you can have fun, the more connection you can have. Even if the person is like, yeah, you know what, you know, they're looking for, let's say, a long-term relationship. You're looking for a short-term relationship. You can still have a great date knowing, hey, you know what, we're not going to be a long-term fit, but we're having fun right now.
1: Got it. Um, okay, so you've got the pictures, the photos, you've got your, you've got your uh, profile mapped out. You, you're online, you're looking for uh, partners, what's the best approach? So
0: definitely as you're swiping on Tinder or you know clicking the heart icon on OkCupid or match or whatever you're doing and saying, okay, this is a person I like. When you get to the point of writing them a message, either because you've matched or because the service you're on allows you to do that, you want to really write a message that is going to resonate with them. So you want to look at their profile and find something interesting that you both share. And I mention that. So you're going to want to say yep. something like, uh, Oh, I don't know. Hey, I saw you're really into scuba diving. Yeah. I went scuba diving in Tulum, Mexico. I dove cenotes there. Hmm. You want to show that you have some connection to the subject better yet. Yeah. You actually want to show value, how you can provide value to this woman and mm-hmm. how you can show your expertise. So, you know, if it's something, uh, what's well, another good example? Travel's another one. You know, they say that they're really into travel. You say, hey, sorry you're into travel. I'm going to uh, Australia next week, or I went last year, whatever. And then you give some detail. Because if you yes. just end with, I'm sorry into travel, me too. Not very interesting. So you Got put it. one of those stories in there. There's, you know, Again, a very short story, but you put in a story. And then you ask them an open-ended question. Mm -hmm. And open-ended is really important because if you ask uh, where are you traveling to next, the response will probably be Brazil. That's it. And you're just like, what Mm -hmm. now, what do I say? And so it turns into almost an interview or an interrogation. So you want to ask them an open-ended question, meaning something that they can't answer with a short, you know, yes, no, Brazil, 32, whatever. So one of the ones that I always find works really well is what is your favorite blank? So if it's travel, what's your favorite place to have traveled to? Mm-hmm. If it's scuba diving, what's your favorite place you dove? You know, food, what's your favorite? I
1: like place? it. I like it.
0: And it works really well because if you just ask, you know, what's the last thing you did, which is actually what a lot of guys do, and that's a step up from just like, you know, when do you, where are you traveling to next? You know, what was your uh, the last place you traveled to? It's not always that easy to remember. You know, if I ask you right now, what's the last movie you saw?
1: Okay, I understand. I got you.
0: Exactly. So there's that, like, uh, well, uh, mm, I'm not sure. But if I ask you what's your favorite movie, that's the mm-hmm. an easy
1: answer. A lot easier, right. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so now um, we've made a connection, and you've started the dialogue, Take us through the dialogue into uh, the steps that it takes to meet the person in person. Because as you know, Greg, ultimately, the real connection begins when you meet in person, not all online stuff. And you had mentioned earlier that a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of guys, they get caught up in uh, messaging hell, if you will, and uh, they can't dig their way out of it. So take us through how to go from online to offline.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that I see a lot is that guys get really stuck in that messaging phase because they're looking for a really clear sign from the woman that she is ready and comfortable to get offline. And so they keep looking for signs. Now, the funny thing is a lot of the women that I've done research with say that they're trying to give the men that sign doesn't work. (laughs) So definitely for women in the audience, one of the biggest complaints I hear from them is guys are not asking me on dates and I don't know what to do about it. And I will tell you what to do about it. Tell him you want to go on a date now. If that's too (laughs) forward, then hint to him very strongly that he should ask you on a date because Mm -hmm. he is still going, I don't think she's ready yet. I guess I need to keep talking. And that's actually where a lot of the frustration comes from because he'll get frustrated after a while or you'll get frustrated and you'll just stop answering. And then he's going, okay, wait, where'd she go? So if that's the situation you're in, tell him to take you on a date. And for the guys, the hand rule that I use is generally within one week of matching or within about six messages back and forth, ask her for her number and ask her on a date. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I say that is, you know, sometimes you're exchanging messages really, really fast. It's three messages a day. And honestly, two days of that, ask them on a date. It's okay if they say not yet, but at least just ask them on the date so that you have that intention out there very clearly. And then
1: the other end of it
0: is that Mm -hmm. often messages are going very slowly. And so, you know, it's every two or three days, you know, you send a message on Monday, she answers on Wednesday, you answer on Thursday, she answers on Saturday. Great. At the end of the week, ask her on a date because slow pace could be that she's very busy or that slow pace could be she's not that interested and whichever the case it is, get that answer quick of, you know, are you actually interested in going on a date with me and hopefully get off and go on the date. So if they're not interested, great, figured that out, move on. And if they are great, now we can plan something where we can really connect like you said.
1: Now, um, I'm here in New York and uh, I found that maybe it's maybe it's relevant. I'd love to get your opinion on it. But I always found that I had a lot of success success because people here in the (laughs) New York area are kind of, you know, there's a choice of fear or love. And a lot of people here live in fear for some reason, even though there's so many great people, um, everybody's a little bit wary sometimes. Uh, I would send the woman my number and invariably they would send me their number to make the call like they'd want me to make the call, but I had shown them who I was by offering my number instead of just getting their number. Do you ever, uh, maybe it's different in the Bay area. I mean, I've been out there a lot and people are a lot more laid back. Um, what's your thoughts on that Is, is what I'm saying a universal or is it something more specific to a specific mindset? Maybe it's more of an East coast thing.
0: I would definitely say it's not a universal in the sense of, you know, you, you have to do it one way or the other, but I Mm -hmm. would say, uh, so actually let me, let me answer this in a different way. When you connect the way you connect is one person opens up a little bit, offers a little bit of themselves. And then the other person accepts that. And then at least offers back a little bit too, maybe not quite as much, maybe a little more, it depends. But somebody has to initiate that vulnerability, that being open. And so offering your number is a great way to do that. And so I would definitely say, in general, when you're asking for someone's number, offering yours is a great idea. It's not a requirement, but it really will never hurt you. And a lot of what we're doing with online dating is maximizing so you know that is definitely something I encourage. Hey, I'd love to take you on a date. What's your number? Here's my number.
1: Okay, you mention uh, dates a lot, um, and nowadays, uh, depending on what generation you're from, you know, a lot of times with the millennials, it's like that they have a little bit of a different idea about dating is more hanging out and the official date, like I woman out and then he p- picks, he picks the place and comes up with an idea and pays for it and everything. What's your advice in terms of uh, teaching some of these guys how to actually go on a date?
0: Yeah. So the, the comments of, you know, I just want to hang out. It turns out that most people do that not because they prefer it, but because they're afraid of getting a rejection. They're afraid Mm -hmm. of being so explicit and then getting, oh, no, I'm not not okay with going on a date with you. And the other downside of it is that it leaves both people, regardless of even who said, let's hang out, though it often is the guy saying that, it leaves both people confused. Now, the person who said, hang out, is like, I hope this is a date, I think this is a date, but I don't know if this is a date. And the person that said, yeah, okay, I guess we can hang out, is like, okay, so is this a date? I don't know. I actually have always used, you know, hey, let's go on a date. And one of the pieces of feedback I've gotten for the last decade is the people, women that I've gone on dates with, love the fact that I'm saying that. And the few that didn't were because they were not comfortable with the date. So if I'd gone into it with, you know, hey, let's hang out and then, you know, on the date I'm putting my arm around her or things like that, you know, very date like things, she would have been like, Whoa, hang on, this is not what I signed up for. So right. I totally empathize with the guys and the girls that say, you know, no, let's just hang out, but it actually really ends up getting in the way.
1: Okay. Let me drill a little bit deeper into that for you. So there's kind of, I see it as there's like a continuum on one side, there's, you know, hanging out, which is nothing. And then the other side, there's a date and dinner and all of that. And when you meet somebody, as you know, if you're doing online dating for the first time, you know, some people plunge into it and they meet a woman, they've never even seen her before. And they set up a dinner and then it's like, they see each other first time face to face and there's no chemistry at all. And then they're both staring at each other and a guy's thinking, I hope she doesn't order the shrimp cocktail. And the woman's thinking, I hope my friend calls soon so I can get out of here. And then you're stuck for a whole date, official dinner where I always think like when you're meeting somebody for the first time versus uh, via an online connection, meet for a drink, meet for coffee, meet to do something kind of cash. What's your thoughts on that, Greg?
0: Yeah, I never ever recommend people going for dinner on a first date. I I feel exactly the same way you do. I always tell my guys, you know, do something more interesting than coffee or drinks, but if that's all you can come up with, fine, do that, but never do Mm -hmm. dinner. Because yeah, it's, it's really true. Both sides, people are going to be like, all right, this person I have no chemistry with, and I just want out of here. So set it up so that you can hang out with them on that date you know, you don't want it to be like, let's go see a movie, because then you can't actually interact. You want to go to a park. You want to go get ice cream. You want to go to a place where you can go walk around. Right. Coffee and drinks also work.
1: Got and it. then
0: from there, if you're having sparks, great. Maybe let's go get some dinner or let's go to this cool event happening
1: near me. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Got it. Okay. So let's take it. Uh, the final step is, okay, so you meet and you either have a good time. And you want to do more or you're like, no way. Um, Talk to us about the best way for a guy to handle both situations. Situation one is um, you want to see her again. Situation two is she might've been interested in you, but you're thinking I'm not into her. How do you handle it?
0: So in the first case where you're interested and you're pretty clear, she's interested, celebrate it, man. Like that's awesome. And you should really be stoked. Excuse me, I am from California, as you can tell. (laughs) And, cool, you know, that old thing about a three-day rule, wait three days so you don't seem desperate, don't. Uh, I would text either that night, assuming, you know, it's like you go out for drinks, you go get some ice cream in the afternoon, something like that. I would text minimum within 24 hours, but within two is fine. You know, if you finish the date and then you're like, all right, that was awesome. I want to see her again. Cool, send her a text. And Got it. if you are, you know, concerned about does that make me feel desperate, don't be. The three day rule, most women I have talked to, if they don't hear from the guy within twenty four hours, they assume he's not interested. Got if he then texts, you know, within two or three days, they're gonna be much more hesitant to even go on a date with him because they're getting mixed signals in their mind. Now, for the okay. second situation where, mm-hmm. you know, he's it's kind of like, all right, she might be interested. I am definitely not. That is totally fine. And you just want to say, Hey, thanks for the date. Nice meeting you. And just leave it at that. If Mm -hmm. she says in some way that she wants to go on another date, I would respond once with a thanks. Didn't really feel it. Wasn't feeling the chemistry. However you want to phrase that. And just leave it at that. If she keeps messaging you, Feel free to block her. And I tell my female clients the same things, you know, tell them once, no, and then block Mm -hmm. them if they argue with you. But Mm -hmm. do tell them that once. Because we've all gotten ghosted on and we all know how terrible that feels. Yeah. So just let them know after the day, hey, it was nice meeting you, wasn't really feeling it, but best of luck.
1: Great. Listen, Greg. Fantastic job. I think you really got a great handle on this and your advice is spot on. So I'd highly recommend that our listeners, uh, you know, consider taking you up on your uh, your training. So why don't you tell our uh, listeners where they can find you uh, and all your social media stuff, uh, et cetera?
0: Sure. So uh, I'm on Facebook at Make Online Dating Fun and you can also go to makeonlinedatingfun.com. And I actually, I really enjoyed this as well. So I actually nice. want to give you listeners a gift. I am Great. super busy for the holidays right now, but I'm going to gift the first nine of you that sign up with an online dating strategy session with me. So it's an hour-long phone call, and I usually charge $250 or more for my time. So this is a serious gift, by the way. On the call, what we're going to do is we'll take a look at where you are now, what your specific goals are, and what might be stopping you from finding the relationship you want. And keep in mind, this is not a coaching session. This is for people that really think they're ready to invest in themselves and finding the relationship that they've wanted. And at the end of the call, if there's some resonance, if it feels like we could be a good fit to work together, I'll tell you about the program that I offer. So to sign up for this, and keep in mind, it's only the first nine people, so go quick. Go to makeonlinedatingfun.com slash ggradio. Again, makeonlinedatingfun.com slash ggradio, for guys' guys' radio, because you guys are awesome.
1: Awesome. Hey, listen, great job, Greg. Pleasure to meet you. Um, maybe we can do it again sometime, and we'll find some fresh topics to keep going and drill into on online dating. But it's a favorite subject of mine as a – as I mentioned, uh, you know, I met my wife that way and things have worked out just fine. And I had a blast when I was online dating and just learning the process and getting out there and meeting so many tremendous women. If you really have your game on yeah, you can, and you're a guy's guy, you can meet a lot of spectacular women uh, online dating. It's a really good thing. So thanks so much for uh, being a, a great face for the, uh, for the concept of online dating and for helping so many of the guys out there.
0: You definitely can. I completely agree. That's actually how I met my girlfriend now. So completely with you on that one.
1: All right. Well, listen, thanks for being on Guys Guys Radio. All the best for the holidays. And I really enjoyed the show, Greg. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I did, too. Have a good one.
1: All right. You, too. Okay, folks, that's our special guest, Greg Schwartz. Uh, Make online dating fun. We're going to take a very quick break. I'm going to do the uh, Guys Guys Guide and, uh, and then we'll wrap up. Okay, I'm back, and uh, it is Guys, Guys Radio on November ninth, 2017, and very quickly, uh, usually I do a Guys, Guys guide, I go into a deep dive about one of the blogs I'm writing, and I haven't, uh, and I've done over 275 blog posts, but I haven't uh, finished this one yet, and I'm, I'm approaching it in a couple of different ways, but I want to talk about a subject that's dear to my heart and not in a good way, and that is this men's passive aggressive behavior it seems like in today's society there's a there's, I notice there's like a cattiness with guys now that I never noticed when I was growing up where men were pretty direct with each other and now I find that there's a lack of you know people feel that if you're going to be direct and honest mm-hmm. that that can be confrontational so it's better to just like take kind of low shots at people and and uh or not be cooperative kind of just slow down when people ask you to do things whatever but the whole notion of uh, passive aggressive i think is a, a epidemic in our society and and amongst men and it's it's catty and which is usually don't think of as a masculine behavior i'll give you a quick example i'm in a fantasy football league and um one of the owners he's in first place and he i was playing him last week and our we had our trading deadline the commissioner uh, sent out correspondence to the league basically said, Hey guys, you know, I forgot to remind you guys that the trading deadline's coming up. So I'm going to extend it. You get an extra day to make trades. So everybody kind of scurried around and four teams made trades. We put them in and I was playing this guy who's in, who's had a 10 and one record and he's a good guy and everything, but he uh, about a day later came out and, and protested, said, Uh, You know, the constitution of our league says that you can't uh, the trading deadline is after the 10th week of the season. And and uh, and I was busy with doing work and uh, it's not fair. And and he I think he also saw that I was a 10 point favorite over him this week. And so I called bullshit on it. I basically said, you know, come on, you you know, you're saying uh, you're pointing to the constitution, everybody was uh, made aware of the extended deadline by the commissioner. Nobody complained. Every four teams made trades. You were busy. That's cool. We understand. But um, the other guys were, you know, did what they were told they could do and uh, made some trades. Well, he continued to protest, wouldn't back down. And it went to we have an executive committee and all this other stuff. And I was shocked that um, the only other uh, owner who took my perspective was the guy who I had made a trade with. And so everybody else kind of capitulated and said, well, technically it's the Constitution and the commissioner made a mistake. And then the commissioner came out and said, I made a mistake. And then they all started turning on me because I uh, I wasn't really letting it go. I was like, you know, this is ridiculous. Um, And uh, so uh, this owner kind of turned on me saying I was challenging, you know, his character and all this stuff. And I said, no, I said, I think it was a bullshit move. And uh, it's a choice. You know, you're a good guy, but I think this is a bad choice and I'll call it a bullshit move and I'm I'm going to stand by that. And, uh, you know, the league votes that they want to, you know, support you on that. So be it. And uh, I got a lot of like backbiting, a lot of like nasty kind of sarcastic emails thrown at me. And then we played last weekend and I won by like 50 points. And uh, which is a big, um, big margin in fantasy football. So now he has two losses and hopefully I'll get in the playoffs and be able to give him a ass whipping again. But uh, even if I don't, it was satisfying. Now, I'm sure the other owners expected me then to come out and crow about that on our on our message board. But I said nothing because nothing needed to be said. And then uh, when our commissioner put out a uh, statement about here's how the uh, playoffs could break out. Um, a lot of the owners were trashing me again like in an unha- uh, like an underlying way about well, maybe we'll have a real long email thread on this, and like coach Manny, you know he had a problem last year with something, and like two years ago there was a thing with him, and trying to almost like goad me into responding and i and i didn't because it's it's just nonsense i rather I just want to play the game, and if a commissioner tells you you can make a move, you make a move, and if you don't you don't but um It's just this behavior, this um, lack of just being right out front and calling a spade a spade and saying, I don't I don't agree. I don't like it. Um, It seems seems like a lot of guys have a problem with that now. And uh, they'd rather use, you know, hide behind email, whatever, to be sarcastic, whatever. And uh, even this guy, this one owner, he called me like, well, you're being a keyboard warrior, uh, which is ridiculous. I said, I'm not being any kind of warrior. I'm just saying. I think what you, your protest was nonsense and I stand by it. So anyhow, my point is I'm seeing this kind of behavior more and more. Maybe it's people are afraid to get into tiffs or anything. And there's, there's a, a lack of directness between men. And I think the solution to it is, you know, speak your mind. Don't, don't hold things in and try to like, you know, uh, you know, be underhanded about how you communicate, just say how you feel. And, uh, and move on. Don't make it. It's not, it's not personal. It's about choices people make. Not everybody, we all make mistakes in the choices we make. I make them all the time. But it's much easier to be comfortable with that and say, you know what? I made a mistake or I disagree with this or I agree with that. Than just being sniping. You know, sniping from the sidelines. Uh, like uh, I got in some of the emails from some of the owners who didn't even bother weighing in on the issue. They just want to weigh in on the fact that oh, I thought we were done with this issue or like, oh, uh, Coach Manny, blah, 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 instead of really addressing the the merits. And the, the guy I made the trade with, he actually wrote this big long note that uh, that uh, cited the a- different aspects of this constitution of the fantasy football league and all this stuff. But, you know, it's supposed to be fun. It's called fantasy football for a reason. And it's like, I, I just believe that, you know, sometimes we get petty on things and uh, it's, it's not necessary. And I noticed that with, uh, this was just an example with fantasy football, whatever, but with other things, I noticed just in how people deal with each other in the work, in the work atmosphere in a work environment, anyone with family members. Uh, there is a, uh, and it comes from the childhood and the upbringing. There's a reluctance to just be direct and say, this is how I see things. My advice is don't be concerned about that. Be who you are. Don't try to hurt anybody. Don't try to hurt feelings, but be who be who you are. Okay, that's our show for this evening. Next week, our special guest is we have a sex therapist coming on, Angel Skurktu, uh, who is also from the Love Coaching Professional group that I'm I'm part of and Facebook. It should be a skittle uh, show. And I look forward to having you join me then. And in the meantime, uh thank you for being part of guys guys radio this evening this is our 250 second podcast and we'll see you all next week and as i always like to say guys guys finish first